Thank you for joining us in our study today. And I've had some people praying about this study. Uh, I know that I'm talking about United States, but we have people in other countries that watch these websites. But what is happening in our country is, is sort of, it's been a long time since this has happened, and it may be happening years or not, but the whole idea that we want to talk about today is what do you do if your country is passing laws that are contrary to the word of God? What do we do when they're saying to pastors, there's certain things you can't talk about anymore uh, or you're in trouble with the government? And so we're looking at this whole idea of standing alone and how the Bible, what it teaches about standing alone. When the government or the officials, wherever you are, are making laws contrary to the word of God. So if I obey the laws, I'm not obeying scripture. So how do I deal with that? And that's what we want to cover. So to do that, and I, I've prayed about this a lot. To do that, we have to cover two things. One is, what does the Bible say about authority structures? The second one is that the scripture talks about is the different structures within the authority structure. And how do I how do I balance all of this with what God says? Because this isn't the first time that governments have messed with the lives of believers. Uh, and so we're going to look at that. So first, we want to set the the basic structure of authority. And we're talking here about the authority structure that God set. And so the he are going to start in Ephesians, and you may want to jot the scriptures down and go back and read them, but we want to read in Ephesians chapter 6, and there are three things here that are really good, starting in verse 19, 19, 20, and 21. One is speaking, giving, and submitting. So it says, speak to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart. The second thing, giving thanks unto God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and then submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Now he goes down to the authority structure of submitting in Ephesians. He says, for the husband, no, pardon me, uh, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, let the wives be subject to their own husbands in everything. Now, the husbands that are watching, hey man, preach it, Logan, you know, go with it. Okay, but wait till you hear the next verse, husbands. <laughs> Even starts with husbands. Husbands, Love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify it and cleanse it with the washing of the water of the word. Why in the world? This is crazy. Why in the world would God tell a husband to love his wife? Husbands always love their wives. This is me. I'm a husband. I know. We always love our wives. Now, husbands have a tendency to love themselves. You know, and, and it's an interesting guy says, wait a minute, guys, I'm telling you, I'm going to correct something here. Love your wives and that they're secure in your love, that they know that uh, 
that they're in your heart. That's important. He goes on. Now he goes down to uh, not only the husband and wife relationship in authority, he goes down to children. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now, what is important here is some parents that we've counseled have been extremely evil. And God is not telling children to submit to evil practices of their parents. That's not what it's saying. See, your parents in the Lord, those that care about your soul, those that care about your development and so on. So children, obey your parents in the Lord. Uh, for this is the first commandment with promise. Now, what is the promise? God's promises that it may go well with you and you may live a long time on the earth. I was recently in a store here in Sioux City buying my groceries and there was this child that was doing the death scene from Aida at the cast register because they said no. Not only did he scream, but he jumped up and down. And I wanted to say, I'm a preacher, break his legs. <laughs> but no, I couldn't say that. But I'm going, this is awful. I mean, in public, he's embarrassing his parents. The dad's saying, no, no, don't do that. And the mom's pretending like it's someone else's kid. Uh, I mean, it was this kid. I mean, he should be in opera. He had the highest, loudest voice you ever heard coming out of such a little squirty kid. Um, but we're not, I mean, we're seeing the breakdown today of authority. And I'll tell you, that kid is not going to grow up to do good. How do I know? The Bible says he's not honoring his parents. And when he gets older, he is not going to have God's blessing on his life. He's going to be rebellious. He's going to be into himself. He's going to have all kinds of problems. So when you see te teenagers who counseling teenagers are having a bunch of problems, I have to look. What does scripture say? If you submit to your parents, you are going to go through the teen years. Not that you're not going to be a teenager, but you're not going to be messed up. But it's kids that don't honor their parents. God is responsible in his word to see that they are pushing against God's authority structure they were born in that home that is their mom and dad, and they need to submit to that. And then he says, fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. You know, dad, don't tease your kids. Uh, I've seen some dads that, you know, dad's home and the kids all run and hide. <laughs> you know, who wants to be around? He's teasing them or he's upset with them or, you know, he's not fit to be around. So don't be that kind of a dad because this is the basic authority structure. And if I don't learn how to submit to the authorities were put in my life when I was young, I'm going to have a struggle when I get older. I really am. And so we want to see what else is the authority structure. And we go to Timothy. <clears throat> and Timothy had to deal with this. This is not something that's not been dealt with in scripture and in cultures and so on. In, um, in the First Timothy uh, chapter 2, he said, I exhort you, therefore, first of all, supplications and prayers, intercession and giving thanks be made for all men. So we be our, our prayer life should be very expanded. But now he gets specifically for kings and all that are in authority. Growing up, 
in my family that was non-Christian, um, they had a tendency to run down authority. And God says, run them up. You know, um, I don't know who you're watching. I don't know who's the authorities in your state. Uh, if you're in the United States, I know who the president is. Uh, but in your country, when we have people that watch in Australia and they don't have a president, they have a prime minister, I think. I don't know what they call them in these countries, but there is an authority structure. And God says that we're not to badmouth these people because God put them in that position, but pray for them. Uh, it's, I'll tell you, it's easier to badmouth than it is to pray. Um, pray for these people, that God would bless them, that God would guide them in what they're doing and so on. So that why, why should we pray for all in authority? That we might live a quiet and a peaceful life in godliness and all honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, who would have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. For there is one God, one mediator between God and man, the Lord Jesus Christ. So I don't know what the authorities are in your place. Uh, uh, we have we have police here, and I know some places uh, have soldiers. And while well, I was in Nigeria, and there were soldiers there that they, if there were police, I never saw them, but I did see young soldiers all over the place with machine guns. So the, the question here is, first of all, is the issue of submitting, submitting to authorities. First, the authorities in our home. Secondly, the authorities in our country. Now, what we're coming to is what do I do if the laws that are being passed or the authorities at work because uh, some of the authorities want you to cook the books and all that kind of stuff, and do things that are illegal. What do I do when the authority structure wants me to do something that violates the clear teaching of scripture? You say, oh, that would never happen. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> it's happened a lot of places, a lot of places. Um, Now, I want you to go, if you have a Bible, write this down, because probably the best book in the Bible that deals with uh, believers living in a country where laws were being made almost continually that violated scriptures. What do you do? How do you do? We're talking about the book of Daniel, and we're talking about standing alone. Standing alone is not just I'm against everything. But how do I stand for God when the laws are violating my ability? That they're violating what what I believe God has taught and to do. So Daniel, we're going to see, I think it's a blessing. Daniel, three times the government messed, uh, started messing into the lives of God's people and passing laws that they could not really uh, submit to, or they're violating scripture. So it's when you come to the choice, if I do this, I am actually 
committing a sin. God said, don't do this, but the government says do this, or I am to do this, and they're saying I can't do it. So let's look at that, because there are three specific things here. Now, the king in Daniel's day, I can't think of his name, um, but the king were taking a lot of Israelis captive, and he was smart. He said, now you look at the, the young men that are coming through, if you see anything that seemed to be extremely wise, extremely smart, let's get those out and we'll put them in a special school to train them so they can be part of my palace and people in the palace. We want to train them to be in government with us. And so they found four guys that were very smart. And so the king said, well, we want to treat them special. We're going to have them live in a special place. And I want you to feed them with my food, the food right off the table, the good stuff, so that they're well-fed and well-trained, will be have, hold high positions within my kingdom. So he, they, they got uh, Daniel and, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they got together, and he said, here, here is the king's fare for you. And they looked at it, and it was ham hocks and cabbage. And... Uh, you know, uh, shrimp and all this other stuff that Daniel knew he, the dietary laws of God. And God says, don't eat this. So what are they going to do? Are they going to say, you guys can't tell us what to eat? I mean, come on, they were captives. They were prisoners. So what do you do? I mean, this is a beautiful situation because here he is in, in the situation where they're just starting out and he could have a great influence over the nation and a lot of the laws when he gets involved in politics, which Daniel does. So Daniel did not condemn what they were saying, but Daniel came up with alternative creativity. He said, you know, I, I know that, uh, I know they mean well, I mean, they were not trying to get them to curse God. I mean, they weren't, they didn't know the dietary laws of the Jewish people. And Daniel said, well, why don't we try something for 10 days uh, that we would eat what is in line with what God says we should be eating and not eat what you're, you know, these uh, big steaks and all of that stuff that you're sticking in our face. And so Daniel says, why don't you test us for 10 days and we'll just eat according to our dietary laws from our God and you see how we're doing in 10 days. Well, in 10 days, they looked at Daniel and his friends and they were all healthier than the ones that were eating, uh, drinking the king's wine and, and eating. Now, I'm not telling you that it's wrong for you to drink wine, um, but I'll give a little testimony here. When I uh, spoke at a special retreat center for kids in trouble, it was a wonderful place. The, and we had a revival. It was kind of amazing. Uh, the kids were really responding. These kids were kids in trouble. And they were there because they were in trouble. And we're talking about older teenagers. Uh, the director was not there. And a number of them got their hearts right. But he came in the middle of the week and uh, wanted to meet me because I'd been speaking there for at least three days. And he had me for dinner and we were sitting at the table and we were gonna have spaghetti and, and it was, 
and we had glasses that either is going to be water or wine. I figured probably because of spaghetti, it's going to be wine. So he was going around pouring people wine. He came to mine and I said, no, thank you. And he said, don't you have freedom to drink wine? I said, yes, but I also have freedom to say no. I said, my, my dad was an alcoholic and I just don't want any part of this. Now, I'm not telling you if you drink wine, I'm just saying for me, I needed to take a stand right there because I didn't want what destroyed our family to, why should I drink it? Could I not handle like my dad? I don't think my dad decided I'm gonna be a drunk and mean and treat the family horrible when he started drinking, but that's how it ended up. So I just had, hey, if I don't have anything to do with it, I don't have to deal with it, okay? So Daniel came up with a creative alternative and what was wonderful is it worked. God honored what they ate. Um, see, the schools in USA, many of them, are changing uh, what kids are required to do and to read and so on. And some of it is contrary to raising a Christian family. Our daughter, Terry, was in high school and she came home one day and she said, dad, uh, they uh, want me to read this book in uh, literature. And she said, that isn't a good book. I didn't know what it was. I'd never, yeah, I had no idea. I never read it. I didn't know, but she said, that isn't a good book and I don't want to read it. So she was uh, a student and, and really liked the class. I said, okay, we worked out her wording cause she's going to have to what? Stand alone. So standing alone, you're going to see as we go through Daniel, doesn't always end happily ever after. You know, it's all, it's going to be wonderful and everything. No, sometimes it isn't going to be wonderful. They're, they're upset because you won't do. So my daughter figured, worked, worked out her wording. She went to the teacher and told her, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate what I've learned in this English course. And of course, being a good student, the teacher knew that she was a high high rated student, a student in her class. And she said, but you know, I have a problem with this particular book. And she had a, an alternative. She already had another book that was twice as long, <laughs> you know, so she didn't get a little paperback skinny thing and say, could I read the skinny one for this big encyclopedia you want me to read? Oh, she brought the encyclopedia. <laughs> they had the skinny book. But anyway, as she, and she was willing to whatever the teacher said. She didn't go and say, you can't make me read this trash. You know, it's against what I believe, it's against what our church stands for, you know, on and on. She didn't lecture this woman at all. She appealed because a teacher is the authority in a classroom, which is not happening today. Teachers are not being respectful. We, Our children were to respect all in authority. Even if the policeman has bad breath that gives you a ticket, <laughs> respond to him. You know, it's not the personality, it's position. Do you see that? It's the position. This is a position of a teacher. And so the teacher said, why, sure, Terry, you can read that book and turn in a report on it. So that worked out really good. Now, to say that every time you stand alone, it's going to turn out good because uh, the Bible isn't a fairy story book. You know, it's, it's a real book and with real stuff going on. Well, everything went well for a while, but all of a sudden, something comes. Some of uh, the king's people figure out 
that they're going to build this beautiful idol and everybody is to bow down and worship the idol when the music plays. And it was really a trap for Daniel um, and, and the, or the children of Israel because they knew these guys had a higher standard than they had that were in government with them. And so, um, and they even had a, a trumpets. Um, so don't have trumpets in your church. <laughs> I'm not, just kidding. You know, you're going, well, see, it's not, it's not what's played. It's what you're playing. That's the whole, how they're being used. Anyway, so here was this furnace and these guys, with their commitment to God, would not bow to idols. And so they they bowed. Uh, I mean, they refused to bow. And those who were bowing saw it. And so they said, you have to bow. And they said, well, to, to put the, to turn the heat up, they heated the idol 10 times hotter. So, you know, you're really going to either bow or you're going to cook. You know, either you're going to, we're going to, you're going to end up burnt to a crisp if you don't bow. Well, they said, we can't bow. You know, this this is so against our beliefs and everything. So they stood alone. Well, what happened? Now they're going to throw them in the furnace. So, see, standing alone, there's people that have stood alone and in their standing have become martyrs for Jesus. I don't want you to think as you stand alone, everything is going to go well. But I'm doing my part. I'm submitting to the authority, and but I'm submitting to a higher authority. You know, I'm not challenging this authority, but the higher authority, my God, says I can't do this. I would love to submit, and I try to submit in all the areas. You know, every time we have to, I don't know if your country, they, you have to pay taxes. But we have to pay taxes. Uh, I can hardly wait to tax time so I can pay my government more money. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know if I do it with a smile, but what? I'm under authority and it's my country. And so I pay what they say I have to pay to live here. So, you know, the, the idea is remember the authority structure. That's the whole key in standing alone. They are the king. They are over. And it's not their personality, it's their position that you're honoring. So these fellows decided not to, so they they made the furnace 10 times hotter and they tied them up and they took the, the muscle-bound guys of their kingdom to throw these guys in the furnace. So they threw them in this furnace and the and they fell down to, I'm sure they fell down on the ground. Uh, and the guys that threw them in died from the heat. And the king looked in. And I want to say what I said. Let's see where he said it. I can tell you. Uh, I think it's 317. Um, what the king said. No, this is where they said no. Sometimes higher. Anyway. Um, oh, here it is. It's verse 25 of Daniel 4. Uh, or Daniel 3. So the king's looking in and, and the ropes get burnt off of these guys. That's the only thing that burned. And they stood up and the king looks and they're having um, a hellfire worship service. <laughs> they're in the middle of this. They're just worshiping God. 
And the king looks and he said, well, I see four. And we only threw three in, right? And he said, the king answers and said, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they have no hurt. They're not hurt and no, uh, like no smell of smoke on them. And the fourth one looks like the Lord. Now, how did the king know what the Lord looked like? I don't know. But see, as they were willing to stand alone and willing to go and give their life for what they believed, the people saw Jesus in their furnace. And you and I are going to have furnace experiences. And the key is, do they see us getting upset, shaking our fist at the authorities and so on? Or do they see Jesus standing with us as we're standing for what we believe God wants for us? This is so very important. Okay, I want to share one other standing alone situation I think is important. Our oldest daughter is, uh, if you met her, you'd say, oh, she's so sweet and, and kind. Um, and she really is. And so she's in school and she's in choir. And the choir she is, is in, in that particular city was probably one of the largest choirs in the high school, but the choir was ranked as number one high school choir in the nation. And so they are going to do it, go on choir tour and then compete against other choirs. And Cheryl was sitting at the piano in our house playing one of the songs. It was the only popular song. The rest was all those highfalutin songs, you know. But these, this, this song was the everyday, everybody knew it, popular song. And Cheryl's playing it, and she's singing the words, and all of a sudden she stops playing. I said, why did you stop? She said, Dad, I don't believe the words. And the words are about the... Um, what do you call it? A, of the song was Aquarius. It's about worshiping the stars and letting the zodiac and that run your life and so on. But as a believer, she didn't believe that. She said, Dad, what am I going to do? You know, we're going to sing this. I'll be on the platform. I can't sing this. I said, well, why don't you go and talk to the professor? Well, the professor was a, a believer and uh, who, who led the choir. And so she had us pray. Marguerite and I prayed for her. She went to talk to him and she came home and because we knew that that's, this is, it's not my daughter's thing to confront. She's just some Terry, but Cheryl, pray about it. That's more like her dad. Let's just pray about it and not get in hot water. Anyway, Terry did, uh, came home and I said, you look good. How, how come you look so good? What happened? He said, I went to his office and he wasn't there. I feel so good. <laughs> but anyway, she did the next day. We kept praying for her because this was new for her to confront an authority structure, which she always yielded to the authority when, when they were right. Anyway, she did yield to, the, to him, and she just said that she just couldn't sing those words. And he said, what are you going to do? You're going to get off the risers and walk off the stage when we sing this? Or are you going to stand there and not move your mouth and everybody else is singing? And he, she didn't know what to say. You know, she was biblical and didn't know it. It says, don't answer an angry man because he was angry. And she couldn't think of an answer to say to him. She just was crying out to God in her heart. What do I do? He's angry. And so the next day when choir met, I forget, 
forgot to ask Cheryl how many, but it was a huge choir. I mean, a huge, more than 30 people in the choir. And he said, you know, someone said that they'd rather not sing Aquarius. It's the only popular song we're singing. How many in the choir would rather not sing Aquarius? Raise your hand. Every single choir member did. And my daughter rised above the risers. <laughs> she just, she couldn't believe it. She said, Dad, I can't believe it. You know, how we were praying how God had all the kids, not for her reasons, but they didn't want to sing this song either. So they threw the song out just before they went on choir tour. So, <clears throat> you know, we're talking about standing alone. And it has to be, we have, if we don't stand alone, teach our kids to stand alone at home, in the public school, in the neighborhood, and so on, they're going to fall for everything. And either you're going to fall or you're going to stand. Okay, the last standing alone was Daniel. And Daniel, they passed the law, you can't pray for 30 days. Well, Daniel, I mean, I, if Daniel had come to me for counseling, I don't think it had been very good. Uh, I don't think I'd given the right thing to do. But anyway, uh, Daniel went home. Now, I would at least pull the blinds or something. But he left the shutters open. And the guys that want him dead were watching Daniel praying. Like, Daniel. What are you, you're it's like sick him to a dog. I dare you to get me, Daniel. You know, I'm praying to God. I always pray with my with the windows open, and I'm going to keep praying with my with the with the uh, uh, windows the way they are, the the shutters open, and they see I'm praying. So they took Daniel, and they said, "You're going to end up, you know, uh, lion food." And so they took him to the lion's den, and they threw Daniel in the lion's den. What is interesting? This happens in. Daniel 6. But the king had watched Daniel these years, and he knew that he wasn't just a mouthy, re religious mouthy guy, but he lived it, and he was committed to the God of heaven. And so the king comes and says, Oh, Daniel, servant of the living God, whom thou service continually, that's his testimony, is able to deliver you from the lions. And so the king is saying, let's see what God's going to do. The real testimony, here is the lions, here's Daniel. I mean, it's one thing with an idol, but these are hungry lions. And so Daniel prayed while he was in the lion's den. And a God sent an angel to shut the lion's mouth. And they have not hurt me. Uh, Daniel shared back to the king, you know, how you doing? He said, oh, God sent the lions and saved me. Um, and so the king said that the reason that God saved him is because Daniel was the believer in the real God. It was a real testimony that God, and then he threw the bad guys in there and they had them for lunch. Uh, so um, when my staff asked me to go to lunch, I have to, I have to be really careful here. <laughs> yeah. Are they going to have me for lunch or are we going to have lunch, right? They're sitting right here smiling. Uh, but, you know, today in the United States is we're facing something never before. And that is where the government in some of the parts of the United States are telling preachers what they can and cannot preach. And if they do preach some things, 
they'll be thrown in prison. The, the textbooks in the schools are not too good. And some of them would be defiling. It would be stuff I wouldn't want my kids to be reading. So the, the reason I think that this is so important is because of the day we're living in. And maybe in your country, it's the same thing, that the government is now stepping in to where the church is and saying what you can and cannot do, and what's right and what isn't right. And so if we don't have men and women who are willing to stand alone, not challenging. See, Daniel never challenged. You know, you can't tell me I can't pray. Yes, I could tell me couldn't pray, but I'm going to pray. And I'm willing to pay the price. So we need today, we really do, men and women that are willing to take a stand. To stand alone. You may be the only one. That's okay. But Daniel stood alone and who stood with him? Who was there in the lion's den? God. When his friends stood alone, who was in the, the furnace with them? The Lord. So the Lord will be there. I'm not saying that you maybe will not be a martyr. There have been martyrs down through the ages that have given their life. But I'll tell you, they didn't die alone. You stand with the Lord. And he will help you to take a stand if you do it with the right attitude, not challenging the authority, but I'm sorry, you're in an area where I cannot submit. I'll submit all areas, but I can't submit this. I just want to pray for you if you'd let me. Father, I don't know. I know these messages go all over the world. I don't know what they're going through. And there may be people right now that to even watch this website would be against the law. I know it is in some countries, and, and yet they're watching. And so, Father, we pray for them. Give them wisdom. They're, they're, they're trying to stand alone. They're trying to learn from your word and so on. And, Lord, may we really learn from Daniel how he responded to the authorities in his life. In the New Testament, how we were told how to respond to the authorities in our life, not to challenge but to come with creative alternatives and to pray for them. And so if your nation is going in a direction you don't feel good about, if you haven't prayed for the leaders, then it's your fault. You need to pray. God said, pray for those in authority that we might live a quiet and a peaceable life. I pray that will happen to each one of you that's listening and watching this video. In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen.